The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen-shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deek speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. The father of the holy toast. Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson and our guest Charlie Clawson this week, returning guest Charlie Clawson, is uh, Tom Gleeson. Welcome back, Tom. G'day. Good to be back. I'm glad that you're back. It is nice to be back. I saw someone last night at my show and they said I should do it again, so I'm all right. Right. It's not exactly a (laughs) big sample set, just one person. Basically, that's how we book guests for this show. If somebody says you should do it again. That's why I'm back. I was at my show last night at the Brisbane Comedy Festival. And a woman came up to me and said, I really like John Fofop. You should do it again. So I thought, you know what? You're right. So I walked up to your backstage yep. and I said, we should do it again. And you said, okay. Right. <laughs> Showbiz. If it's anyone. So, so easier. <laughs> when we cut out the networks and the radio and the management, there's no money involved. It's all just so easy. Someone says they want to hear it. I go to you. Someone wants to hear it. Now we're doing it. So whoever you are, you one person, I hope you're enjoying it. <laughs> I, I had someone complain uh, on, online the other day because I've been getting different uh, guest Charlies in. I don't yes. think they're really complaining. I think they were just saying, oh, you know, like you haven't had any uh, female comedians on yet. You know, Australia has a lot of great female comedians. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not booking. I, it's literally my mates who will do it. Yes. It is like if I'm around some mates who have an hour off in the middle of the day, <laughs> if, if they happen to be female comedians, yeah. Yeah. I'm very much happy to have them on as well. Yeah, they have to be uh, a friend of yours, yep. they have to be nearby, yep. they have to be to a certain level, but, you know, doesn't have to be that good, <laughs> and, <laughs> and just have to have to not be busy enough right. that they can do it. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was kind of saying, that they yeah. were naming quite a lot of people on their list of people I should have on who are like, oh no, they're too busy to do this. <laughs> Their career is going much better than this. Yeah, yeah. They, I will get them on the way back down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a day job. They've got appointments. Hey, but um, uh, you're doing something exciting, which uh, will uh, won't have happened by the time we put this up. Um, oh, okay. It, it'll be happening uh, on Wednesday this week, which is you're yes. hosting uh, essentially the Comedy Festival Gala. Now, they're both they're called different things now because they have two opening night shows. Like yeah, there's the, there's the Oxfam Gala, Yep. which... Uh, would have gone to air last Saturday, I think, by the time you hear this. That's right. And uh, and then there's the opening night, which I'm hosting, which is coming up this Wednesday, but would have been taped by the time people hear this. And, um, yeah, it's exciting to be asked to host it. But as you know, I mean, at the same time, it's kind of also like just doing your spot first. Right. <laughs> And then introducing everyone else all night. Yeah. Hey, congratulations. Uh, You've got to a level that you can host the comedy gala. We think you're so good. Good. You can be on first when the audience is cold. You can have the worst spot of the night. Take one for the team. Yep. And then then just have the whole rest of the night to reflect on that while you introduce everyone else. Yeah, you can't go and have a beer. (laughs) You have the shittiest, hardest audience spot of the night. And then you can't go and have a beer. No? No, you can't. You have to stick around. You have to sit there and introduce everyone else. And introduce everybody else. And watch everyone do better than you. Right. (laughs) 
Congratulations. And then just watch the audience slowly forget that you ever existed. So by the time at the end of the night, you'll get to watch someone kill and, and, and you'll know that the audience has forgotten what your name is. <laughs> So, but it's a privilege. It's a privilege. <laughs> it's an honour. It's a good one for the CV. It is good. I mean, you know, we're obviously being facetious, but it is, it is good to host it. I mean, it's kind of fun just to walk out and be able to own the stage and do it your own way. Right. That's fun. And you do get to set that agenda. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's rare in life that you get to be the host of a party that 3,000 people have come to. That's right. You yeah. know, that by itself is, yeah. it's kind of exciting. Yeah, that's know? fun. It'll be fun to walk out and not give a toss. <laughs> Which I, I I don't know. It's kind, that's kind of the way I approach these yeah. things. I sort of um, it sort of it gives you a bit of a insight maybe into the mind of a comedian. The way that I do big events or things that are seemed as important is I remind myself over and over again of just how little they matter. Yeah, and then that way I cut them down to size in my head, and that way I can just do them and enjoy them and hopefully do a good job. Because by the time I've gotten on stage, I have absolutely no respect for the event at all. <laughs> But then afterwards, when it goes well and people say it was really good, right. then I build it back up in my mind until I'm full of myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're basically, if you, if you were Neil Armstrong, the whole way to the moon, you'd be like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. I'm just going for a walk. Uh, people just, have walked before. Whatever, I'm on the moon, it's I'm on the walking moon. around. Who cares? There's no one else here. It's not right. like I can hang out with my friends and be on the moon. Right. Can't do anything cool. Whatever. <laughs> Other people are going to do it and they'll do it better because I've been here and they'll know what to do next time. And I don't even know what I'm doing. But anyway... And, you know, it's not like my friends are with me and they can enjoy it. There's no, there's no beer here. Anyway, and then I'd get back in the spaceship, fly back, and then everyone would say, you walked on the moon. i go, now that you mention yeah, it, that, that was, was awesome. pretty amazing. So glad my stupid mates weren't there to ruin it. <laughs> Share my glory. That is, that is kind of what I do. It's true. That's quite silly. Like, whenever, whenever I get offered something like this that is a big deal, yep. and... Um, I mean, even now I'm saying it's a big deal in the world of comedy. It's probably not such a big deal in the world of TV. Or, uh, you know, world politics. No. <laughs> um, but I feel like it's uh, important for, uh, as comedians for us to not compare all our achievements to people who are actually doing decent things with their lives. That's right. Yes, they just have to be important in our world that we've chosen to be part of. That's because right. Because at the end of the day, if you start thinking about how little import comedy has in general, yeah. it would be hard to even bother doing it. Yeah, Do you yeah, know what I mean? True. If you're just like, if you're out there and people are like, this is a great show, I'd just be wanting to go... Yes, but I could have been a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm smart enough to be a doctor. I have. Yeah. I got the grades that yeah. I could have been a doctor. Yeah. Here's what I could have been, or a lawyer. Yeah. I could be a human rights lawyer, yeah. like Sir Jeffrey Robinson, yeah. you know, exposing the you know the sex crimes of the Catholic Church, and I've decided <laughs> to tell dick jokes to strangers for cash. <laughs> don't reward me for that. You should, you should be mocking me. I don't know. I flip flop though. Sometimes I think it's not worth anything, and then I think that I deserve everything I get and more. <laughs> You know what I mean? Sometimes, I don't know, like, I, I have mixed feelings. Sometimes, like, I get asked to host this event, which is important, and, and I simultaneously feel privileged, and I also feel annoyed that it didn't happen eight years ago. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, well, oh, you've asked me now. Yeah. Well, I was ready a long time ago. But there's anyway, all right, I'll do it now that you finally got round to working out I can do it. There's nothing better than that. <laughs> I got asked to do, I, I won't reveal what it was, because it was nice that they asked me, and I just yes. couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like, yeah. I was physically incapable of doing this thing that I got asked to do. It's this gig. It's all right. We can be honest. No. And, uh, and you said no, and I said yes. Story <laughs> in my life. No, I was um, <laughs> uh, I was asked to do something by a group of comedians who I've always really admired, hmm. 
who um, have never asked me to do anything with them. And it's always been one of those things where they've had shows that are on TV that have had, mm. I mean, I'm sure that anyone can work out that it's Working Dog. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I'd worked with it. I grew up uh, really, like, loving those guys. You know, yeah. the D-Generation and the, the Late Show and, like, you know, yeah. all the stuff they did. Frontline, I thought, was one of the you know, best TV shows and Martin Malloy and anything that was in that whole world of those guys, I loved. So over yeah. the years when they've been doing, like, Thank God You're Here or any of those sort of shows where they've brought people in. You admire them because you feel like they've always done it because they liked it. Right. They only, only seem to do things because it's a good idea. Yeah. Which you've you got to respect. And quite a lot of the time, they even when it's a good idea, they move on. Like, yeah. when they're done, they go, yeah. well, this is our, our ideas that we had. Yeah. And we're done with that and we're going to move on. And mm. I always really dug that as well. Just a side note, I always get asked all the time when, thank God, you hear is coming back. And I always feel a little bit weird because I was on it. So I feel like they could legitimately be asking me because of that. But right. also, sometimes people think I'm Tom Gleisner. They oh. get the name wrong. Right. <laughs> and we don't look but the same. But you don't look like anything the same. No, but I don't know. Sometimes people, when they're out, they just get confused. And let's face it, what we do is not that important. So they get right. a jumble in their head, you know. I mean, I sometimes, like, get a little bit angry about the whole people think I'm Adam Hills thing. Yeah. But at least we hosted shows that were, like, on yeah. after each other on the same network. Yeah. And we're vaguely of the same age. Yeah. And even though we don't look exactly the same, we look a lot more the same than you and Tom Gleisner do. Well, to give you an insight into my life, you'd have to imagine looking nothing like Adam Hills and your name being Adam Mills. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got nothing in common except oh. that your name's Adam Mills. Well, that's it's okay. just enough for people to do a Google search in their head and then go, right. oh, but I think you, maybe maybe he was behind the scenes, maybe he's changed, maybe he dyed his hair when he was on the show. I don't know. It'd still be good for me because I could still do all my shows. Good mm. Mills. Mill communication. I'm the Milrus. Like, it wouldn't actually... wouldn't hurt my career that much. Yeah, it'd work. Malarious. Yeah. <laughs> it would work. It, it kind of works better, actually. It's a bit depressing. I yeah. think about it. Oh, God. I wish I was. <laughs> but, sorry, getting back, you were saying that you turned down so, these that, people who we won't mention, but we yeah. did at length. Work, working dog. They yeah. asked me to do something during the festival that I purely couldn't do because of uh, clashes of yeah. times. Um but in that moment, I had that exact thing that you were talking about, which was that thing of going, oh, I'm so glad that these people that I've admired for all this time have finally asked me yeah. to do something with them. That's really cool. And I'm glad that they now obviously, you know, think that I am someone that they would like to work with. Yeah. And the other part of me was like, I've been doing this for 18 fucking years. Seriously, guys. <laughs> <laughs> now? Now? Is that how now long? you ask me? <laughs> 18 years. Is that how long it took? That is a sad insight to a comedian's life. Because it's quite often people don't think about it. But when there are TV shows that have lots of comedians on it that are guests, right. you kind of feel like... I don't know, you feel like, uh, I guess, how you feel when there's a party on that ever, all your friends are at that you don't get to go to. And you've got nothing on. You're sitting at home going, oh, gee, they all seem to be enjoying themselves. I got some uh, tweets the other night. Uh, um, uh, Dom, who does the uh, night show on uh, 702, a lot of yeah, people Dom know. Knight, yeah. uh, from, uh, he was involved in The Chaser. Well, he's involved in The Chaser. Like, you're not always on screen. Sometimes, you know, behind the scenes stuff and writing yeah. and that sort of stuff. But Yeah, we went to uni together, I know, Dom. Does a yeah. really great um, evening show. I think, uh, is it only in New South Wales or is it a national show? I'm not... I don't know. It's definitely on 702, Sydney Metro. Yeah. yeah, it might be national. I think I it might know. be national. Anyway. Uh, although they might have one in Mel... Uh, I'm not really sure. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but... I, you know, I can hear it in New South Wales when I'm there. And it's a, he does a really great job with it. And they have this quiz called Norman the Quiz. And it's a, it's one of those classic ABC radio, you know, 20 questions, like people ring up for the quiz. And mm. and I was the answer the other night. Ah. Uh, and the, it was off the back of 
uh, you know, show titles. So it was like, which comedian has had the show titles? And then he listed a few of my oh, show I titles. The question was, right? who's never worked with Working Dog? Yeah. <laughs> And he's upset about it quietly. Who never got invited on, thank God you're here. Even though he's proved himself to be a, a very adequate improviser. Like, I'm not... Like, I mean, I'm quite well known for my improvisational skills. I just don't understand how... The like, funny thing I was available? You've blown your cover because people would just presume that you, you didn't want to do it or something. Right. No, like, okay. I wanted to do it. I would have yeah. loved to do it. I was like, there were specs and specs. People used to always think I didn't want to do it. And I was like, I want to do it. I do. I, I'm okay at panel shows. Yeah. I used to be in a band. Right. What more do you fucking want? Right. <laughs> I um. Oh, you know what makes it worse? Actually, <laughs> I just remembered this with Spicks and Specs. Mm. Right. I used to. I used to always get asked. Oh, when are you going to be on it? And I'd be yeah. like, I don't know. Hopefully next year. Yeah. And um, like, because I, I love when people ask you. Yes. When are you going to be on it? I don't know. Oh, right. Now, that's the reason I haven't been on because uh, I, I forgot to ring them and ask. Yeah, that's what you meant to do. Hello, can I be on, please? Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, sorry. Well, that's the ABC switch. Yeah, can you put me through to uh, Spicks and Specs production office, yeah. please? Yeah, Tom Gleason, comedian. Yeah. I want to be on the panel show. Yeah, when are they recording? <laughs> I just want them to know that I'm available. The message is getting passed on to Adam Hills. Oh, the guy from Working Dog, Tom Gleiser rang, said he wants to... <laughs> Tom Gleiser did eight episodes of Spicks and Specs that year. <laughs> You know, what's actually sad is, I don't remember when it was, it was a couple of years ago, I got asked when I was available to do Spicks and Specs. Yeah. And I said, I'm either available on this date, this date, or this date. And they went, okay, no worries. And then they rang back and gave me none. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, okay. They just wanted to point out that it wasn't just... That's, that's how much we don't want you. Yeah. We know we can have you on any three of those days, yeah. and we still refuse that one, that one, and that one. Yeah, anyway. you gave us choices. Yeah. But we wanted you to know that it wasn't just an availability clash. Yeah. We wanted you to know we were genuinely looking over you. Yeah. Uh, so, and they're like, but we thought you didn't know anything about music. I was in a band! <laughs> Whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, well, funnily enough, because I, I, I obviously um, always get asked about uh, Spicks and Specs, and that was the reason I brought up this quiz question, was that... People couldn't get it, and mm. then some people said Adam Hills, even yes. though the show titles were "Who Wants to Be a Billionaire" and you know Willarius right. and whatever. They still seemed to think it was Adam Hills. Yes. It wasn't Hilarious because that wouldn't even really be a pun. <laughs> right? That's actually just the word. <laughs> hilarious. Oh, it would be, wouldn't it? What if it, it was double L? Double L. Yeah. Okay, that is a stealthy pun. That's a sneaky ass pun in there. That to just. You read it and you know that it's... But is he talking about a mountain? That's tricky. Or is it his name? Fuck, that's a tricky one. Uh, so um, some people rang up and said, is it the guy from uh, Spicks and Specs? And, uh, and Dom's like, well, no, that's Adam Hills. And then a guy texted in really angrily, angrily saying, no, 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 Will Anderson hosted mm. Spicks and Specs. Oh. And people get so wow. angry about these things. Weird, isn't it? I was never on that show either. Yeah. Never once. Mm. And it was on forever. Yeah. And they, I, I, I was never on. And but I, that's probably... People think I've hosted it. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, people literally think yeah. I've hosted the show and I've never appeared on it. They I ask, get the weird thing where people do presume I've been on it. I've right. had a lot of people say, we really like you on Spicks and mm. Specs. And that's just because I've been on so many goddamn panel shows. They all just meld in people's memory. I get completely what happens. So I, I what do you do? I just say thank you. Yeah, I just can't be bothered explaining. The amount of times that I, like, I've, I've, I've been on Comedy Inc. too. I've I was had, on Comedy Inc. and I was also on Big Bite. 
I've even been on Comedy Company and Fast Forward. I'm like, thank you. Oh my God. I know, Uncle Arthur's great. You've what got, can I say? You've gone back in time. <laughs> you were doing good work before you started doing comedy. <laughs> I was. I've got an extensive career. I've been, I was in the Mavis Branson show. <laughs> I was a regular character. Right. I mean, I was five at the time, but yeah. I was doing it. <laughs> I was Auntie Jack. A lot of people don't know that, but the original Auntie Jack. Yeah, actually, now that annoys me. Yeah. Why wasn't? I, why wasn't I asked to be on Auntie Jack? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I wasn't born. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I um. I have answered questions often about things like how how are Alan and Miff. That's one. Mm. Like, because people always ask how Alan and Miff are. Yeah, and because I kind of vaguely know how Alan and Miff are because mm. I see those guys around or, you know, you, whatever. I'll just answer. Oh, yeah. no, they're going really well. Yeah. Miss in the UK at the moment. Alan's doing a play. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. It's good yeah. to know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How'd you know that? Twitter. Twitter. You could have known that too. Right. <laughs> That's a weird thing that happens. I have, I don't know if your fans do this to you, but quite often when I plug something or like people will... Or like, you know, you're saying you're doing the gala. People will hit you up and go, hey, what time is that on? Uh, what night are they showing that on Channel 10? And mm. blah, blah, blah. You're like, you, you could Google that. In yeah. the same time as it took you to tweet me. Yeah. I then, <laughs> I have to look it up. Yeah. I'm busy. <laughs> no, I know. I, I have mixed feelings about this. It happens a lot on Facebook and Twitter. This, is, this one happens a lot. I'm sure it happens to you. Where you go... Um, uh, I'm doing shows in uh, Brisbane. Uh, here's a link, you know, because you want people to know where you're going to be. And then you'll always get a series of follow-up things. When are you coming to Tamworth? When are you coming to Perth? When are you coming to whatever? And my, it always kind of annoys me a little bit when it's like, when are you coming to Perth? And I am already going there, like yep. in two weeks' time. It would have taken some minor research to work that out. So my, my instinct is to say, uh, just to reply with, do some fucking research. Yep. Or, <laughs> or go to the gig guide. It's not that hard. Or just, yep. you know... Google and stop being an idiot. But at the same but time, I remind myself, they're your fans. They're my, they're, they would like know, to come. They want to go. Right. And so I... And you also the you other thing... stand I, out the front of your venue and go, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. You're an idiot. Yeah. Go away. You're an idiot. <laughs> well, I probably would. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I try to remind myself that, that... But also sometimes they're just trying to initiate any kind of interaction. And I've matured because I, I, I've learned that people are... They might as well actually just be saying it's a nice day today, isn't it? Right. How do you deal with that, though? Because it's interesting to me. I went and saw, um, uh, when we were in Adelaide, at the Adelaide mm. Fringe, I went and saw a, a very funny um, Australian comedian called Tommy Little that people might uh, know about. In fact, you might have seen him on the gala the other night on Channel 10. Apparently did a, a, a really great spot at the at the gala. And, yeah, he's um, a great act. I saw his show, too. It was very good. I thought it was very good. Like, you mm. know, just a really solid hour of stand-up comedy, you know? Yeah, if you want to see someone new. Right. And you want to, I mean, well, he's not that new, but I mean, if you want to see someone you haven't seen before and you yeah. want to know it's a short bet, yeah. I'd recommend it. It's that classic sort of moment of someone, you know, being new enough that you're like, I'm seeing someone that maybe I haven't seen before. But he knows what he's doing. But he really knows what he's doing. And he's doing. very charming. Yeah. yeah. It's, I really enjoyed the show. But beforehand, I because it was an hour-long show, um, I was standing lining up and I had two beers in my hand because I knew that, like, you know, in a hot tent in the Adelaide Garden, it was probably a two-beer show. Yeah. So this girl's bailed up to me and just going, ah, you double parked there, aren't you? <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, you double parked. Yeah. Yeah. She goes, you got to start drinking one of those beers. I said, well, no, yeah. I'm. the show's going to go for an hour. Um, yeah. If I drink one of them now, 
<laughs> I'm going to have to like go to the toilet halfway through the show. She goes, just get up and go to the toilet. And uh, so now I already hate her because <laughs> now I'm thinking about... No, it's a one-hour show. you got to sit there. Right. You've got to give the performer some respect. That's literally what... <laughs> I'm now... I've turned on her just based on the fact that it's going to annoy Tommy when she gets up in the middle of the show, which, by the way, she fucking did. And it did annoy him. I predicted it. I felt like the mentalist. But, but then... She started like getting really kind of aggressive with me and sort of going, no, 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 it's the rules. You have to Mm. drink this thing. And in one of those moments where like, you know, I normally would try to be nice enough to somebody, but at the same time, you're like, my God, like just like I'm 39 years old. I I can't, I'm not going to just give in to peer group pressure just because some drunk girl in a park says that I have to drink these drinks. (laughs) And I'm trying to explain that to her and she just could not get... Her head around the concept that I wouldn't just do what she wanted me to do. Was she attractive? Uh, I mean... Did she think she was attractive? Yeah, maybe. That can be a factor. Right. Because, you know, like, uh, she's probably used to being at the pub and saying that to just ordinary guys, I guess, and they're like, oh, if I drink it, she might root me. Right. (laughs) So I'm just saying she's (laughs) she's probably not used to being turned down, maybe. So it would really throw her. It's like she's gotten to a crossroads with... Normally when I, I don't know, normally when I embarrass a man publicly, he caves into my demands. This right. is weird. This is foreplay. What, yeah, what's this guy doing? Just being all, That's a, it's like I don't exist. Right. That's a <laughs> seduction technique. Yeah. Get a couple of drinks into you quickly yeah. <laughs> and then we'll go out the back. <laughs> you can finger me in the car, but <laughs> not a metaphor. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean... You know what? I get a bit of a weird thing where people sort of have a go at me. Right. I find that that happens. That's Why? quite standard. What sort of go? Well, what I mean is, and and I've it, it's taken, sometimes it takes a while to get used to it because with my act, if you can call it that, or with what I do, mm. I have a go at a lot of people and right. I usually do it in quite a flat way and I'm quite dry and I can be quite acerbic. And so often people that, enjoy that kind of humor are like that themselves right but the weird thing is i just kind of do it because it's the way that i am and i can't even claim to be trying to be funny sometimes sometimes i'm just being mean and people laugh and right. so i just i just, just go with laugh, that yeah exactly even though i was actually being quite nasty <laughs> and there was no wit behind it whatsoever i was literally just saying the truth with a full stop at the end and there was a clap so i go thank you so but what happens is I don't necessarily enjoy that humour myself. Right. Like, I actually think that I wouldn't enjoy my act at all. I think I wouldn't enjoy it. I tend to enjoy people who are the opposite of me. I enjoy acts that are quite frivolous and fun and silly and, you know, enjoy the joys of life and stuff like that. I kind of don't necessarily enjoy acts that are really cynical. And um, anyway, so as a consequence, people who like what I do, do that to me and I don't get it. No. Or enjoy it. (laughs) I don't enjoy it or get it. Yeah. (laughs) So... One that stands out in my mind that I really, looking back on it, like it, it just was, I just didn't get it, was um, this 13-year-old boy uh, came up to me after my show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival last year and he wanted a photo and he said, with a complete blank face, he was just like, can I get a photo? And I was like, uh, yeah, sure, mate, no worries. And, and his mum was with him and she was kind of smiling like, oh, yeah, my son's meeting is, you know, um, you know, his hero or whatever, or, 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 you know, he's a fan of this comedian. And like, um, and he's like, yeah, can I get a, f-? and I'm like, yeah, sure. And, um, and so I'm getting a photo with this guy and I'm looking at him. And so I'm sort of taking the piss out of him just, you know, just for the, right. just for laughs. Like I'm going, oh, you don't seem very impressed. 
yeah, I'm going. You know, oh, gee, I, I thought you'd be looking forward to it, considering I'm your so-called hero. Yeah. You know, just being just being a little <laughs> bit funny like that, yeah, yeah. but just you know. And and he's like, yeah, well, you know, you're not very impressive in person. He's saying this, and I'm like, oh, mm. well, well, why do you, why do you want to fight him? And then? he's like, oh, you know, it's just it's just what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, and then and then it clicked. I'm like, you're being me. Yeah, he's doing. You're you. being me. <laughs> <laughs> and I just didn't get it. I really didn't. He even looked at the photo and he yeah. goes, yeah, I guess that'll have to do. Oh, well. <laughs> do you want it? He's saying to me, do you want it? Mm. You know, so you, and I'm like, no. And he goes, God, and he's walked off to his mum. Gee, it wasn't very funny. And he's, and then, and his mother's laughing. And right. I realise he's doing he's me doing to me. He's doing you. You're liking one of those fucked up versions of one of those booper ads. <laughs> <laughs> Where I was the sick one. Yeah. Because he was 13 and healthy. I um the thing that interests me about that is I made a terrible mistake the other day and I can't rectify it and it was mm. in that sort of same way. Um, so I put up a podcast that I'd recorded um, about a month ago in America with Dave Anthony and uh, uh, it was the last one that people heard, but it had been about a month since I recorded it. And when I recorded it, uh, because it was about a pretty traumatic day in my life, this big you know day where everything had gone wrong, I uh, topped and tailed it with the, like the semen stuff on the day. And then I haven't listened back to it because it was stressful enough, A, going through that and then B, having to retell that story, that yeah. having to then listen to it again, I knew it was going to be too much for me. So I put it, it up. Done. Right. Mm. And, and it, I knew it like, you know, I'd edited it. Like, I mean, I don't really edit normally much yeah. anyway, but whatever it needed to be done had been done. So I just put it up without thinking. Yeah. So it wasn't top of my mind what I'd talked about in that podcast, right? Yes. So I told a story in the podcast about a trick I do to try to get to sleep where when I can't sleep, where I imagine it's called five uh, innings to the Australian test team. Yes. And it's this fantasy idea that like, you know, you can get pulled in for fifth grade cricket with your mates and you play so well that like, yeah, they, yeah. anyway. So, and I say that normally I never get th- through the whole thing. I fall asleep, mm. but I've forgotten that I've told this story, completely yeah. forgotten it. So I've got someone on Twitter who I thought was being an asshole. Uh, right, and they've given they've tweeted me something like, "I've been trying to listen to your uh, latest podcast, but I can't get through the." Well, this is how I'm hearing the tweet. Mm. This is not how the tweet was, yeah. but this is how I'm hearing it. Oh, I've been trying to listen to your latest podcast, but I can't get through the cricket story without falling asleep. That's how I heard it. Yes, right, but that's not <laughs> what they were doing. Yeah. They were doing a little funny callback to the fact yeah, that yeah, yeah. it's meant to put me to sleep. Yeah. So I've just gone back to them. What? Is, why are you telling me this? Like you yeah. know, like. Why are you being mean to me about a free yeah. podcast? Yeah. And then they said, oh, well, I just fall asleep every time you talk about cricket. Yeah. That's what I heard. That's not <laughs> what they were doing. They were making... <laughs> and so I blocked them yeah. on Twitter. Mm. And then like a day later, mm. it occurred to me what had happened. <laughs> and then I went back and tried to find this poor fucker that I've blocked yeah. for being a fan <laughs> and being nice and making a joke that I just completely misinterpreted. Oh, dear. I know. I do... <laughs> It's. I waste a lot of time on Facebook and Twitter staring at abuse like a magic eye painting. I'm staring at it for ages because I try to decipher really right. hard whether they could have called me an arsehole to my face and I still think it could be a joke. Because right. on, online I refuse to use emoticons. I don't, I've never used smiley face. No. I just like to think people presume I'm being sarcastic, which right. is dangerous, but I don't know. It's kind of fun. It's so, yeah. So sometimes people reply with the same tone that I write out with, so I yeah. have to... Remember that. I have to remember that. Yeah, I have to remember that. But it's funny, actually, you mentioned that about the podcast because someone did uh, reply on Twitter something about me. They said, oh, you'll never be Charlie or something like that. And it was, and I thought, 
I didn't even, because it was just out of context. Yeah. I was like, what's this about? Is it about cocaine? Is it about Charlie Pickering? <laughs> I just didn't know what it was about. And I finally worked it out. I think I'd made a joke about him not existing. I was like, I don't know what it was. But anyway, they're, they're a Fofop fan. I'm yeah. like, oh, I seriously probably wasted an hour thinking about that. And I was walking down the street. Oh, it was Fofop. I watched the, something on a podcast. I, I watched know. an entire episode of Home and Away the other night. They had an hour-long special. I don't know why, but there was an hour-long special that was on, and it was convenient before my show. And I don't think I've watched Home and Away in probably ten years. Yeah. I assume probably ten years since I've watched Home and Away. And because Charlie's on it now, I was like, right, tonight's the night. I'm going to sit down, yeah, and I'm going to watch Home and Away. Have you seen Home and Away in the last? I think I caught a little bit of it by accident at the time that Milko turned up as a real man, which oh, amused me. Right. I saw a little bit of somehow I lucked into it. And as soon as I if was... If people watched, don't remember this, or if you, for overseas listeners, this show's been running for like 25 years, home yes. and away. And uh, there, was a, there was a girl in it, Sally Fletcher. Now, yes. Milko was her imaginary friend That's right. as a kid, right? Yeah. But then later on, Milko... Was a real person? He became a real person, yeah. yeah. So I caught a bit of that and I was like, oh, so, uh, I, was, I was really excited. How did he become a real person? Was, were they, were uh, they, I'm, was there always a Milko? Is that what the story ended up being? or It was something like... Did she believe in him hard enough that he became a real boy? What's the, Which is the character and which is the actor? Sally. 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 Sally's the character. Sally's Sally the character. Sally, um, I think, as a child, had a brother. That, and they were separated when they were little. Right. So and his name was Milko. Milko. Oh, no, no, his name was something else. It was Milton or something. Something that sounded like milk. And then and then she out. imagined yeah. that because she was separated from the brother. Good storyline, home and away. Yeah, it was, well done. Yeah, it was quite touching. It's like Fight Club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool if her imaginary friend was Tyler Durden. That would be very exciting. Uh, if you're listening, uh, that can be a new. That would be right. a great new plot. And they, they, oh, the, the first ru- <laughs> the first rule of surf club, yes, because that's what it'd be. It'd be down at the surf club. Yeah, all the uh, the underground fights that she was starting. <laughs> oh, that would be so sweet. Blowing. And also because Tyler Durden would like cut in like frames of like hardcore porn into the- right, <laughs> it just into Home and Away. Well, this is the interesting thing about the show, and this is what I wanted to talk about, because this storyline's been going on for ages. Mm. The great thing about Home and Away, and mm. I don't mean to undersell Home and Away in this uh, sentence, but... It's a very popular show. It's a very popular show. It makes a lot of money. And it, to have that level of success for as many years that it's had is basically unprecedented, certainly in Australian television. It's, yes. it's amazing. It's astonishing. But I watched an hour, and I feel like I'm completely up to date. Oh, Like, in that hour, I feel like... They're you know. flashback champions. I know. Did they, I, did, did, did they do any kind of? Did they do any previously on Home and Away? Did they do that thing? I missed that. If there was no. that at the start, I tuned in. It was a bit after that. Okay. And uh, but the storylines are kind of so obvious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's that sort of thing of going, oh, oh my god, that kid's got cancer and he's not telling his wife. Uh, he's going to pretend it's that guy. All right, I'm right across this storyline. I can check in again in three months, that sort of thing. You know what? Maybe 95% of the show is exposition. Yeah. It is. A, most of the scenes are, oh, God, Brian, I haven't seen you since you were with your girlfriend and you were doing this, you know. It is one of those shows yeah. where it's like, I think it's every scene is a previously on Home and Away. <laughs> you know, like everything is kind of basically. First bit is reminding, yeah. then one tiny thing happens in the middle, like someone goes, can I have a drink? Yeah. That's that scene. <laughs> And then after that, they talk about what they're yeah. going to do. Elf just walks through and goes, you're flying a mongrel? Ah, oh, brilliant. All right. Cut. 
<laughs> so the major storyline that is going well has been going on for a while it seems yeah there's a surf gang in home and away now like a bra boys style surf gang yeah yeah that are hanging out at the beach at uh summer bay oh god yeah and the great thing is because you know it's home and away and it's a seven o'clock at night family program like it's really weird seeing like imagine if they'd made underbelly but had to play it at seven o'clock at night so they're tough guy but they're tough guys and they're mean but they're pg mean right Right. They don't swear. Yes. They're not doing drugs. Oh, yeah. They're not drinking. No. They can't do any of that sort of stuff. They're in the gym, though, probably. Yeah, in the gym. You, can, you know what you can do? I reckon... This, I haven't seen it, but I'm going to predict. This is how you, This is a PG tough guy. Yeah. Got tats. Tats. Tats are PG. Tats. Yeah. Unless your tat says, fuck off. And the, th- <laughs> the thing I love about the tats, though, the most is, they are the... Like, I mean, even by the standards of... Well, clearly, they're drawn on tats. They're not yeah. saying to these young... Yeah, you know, kids who are about to go to Hollywood, you have to get a neck tattoo so you can be on Home and Away. You have, to get, you have to get a neck tattoo. It has to say Home and Away, 7pm, yeah. Channel 7, <laughs> weeknights. <laughs> on your neck. You know it's sad? There'd be a lot of actors who would do that. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what I have to do. I'll get it. Just give, just give me a neck, neck da- tattoo. Daniel Day-Lewis would do it. <laughs> yeah. Get all method. How good would Daniel Day-Lewis be method on Home on and Home Away? And away. <laughs> But you know what he would do? Right. He would go deep into character yeah. as a soap actor. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because he would <laughs> so want to play a soap actor being on Home and Away mm. who got neck tats. So the tats, even by the standards of drawn on tattoos, yeah. look like drawn on tattoos. Yeah, and they'd hang around in gangs, in yep. car parks, and they'd do a lot of gym work. A lot, a lot of stuff a lot at of the beach, from what I've seen. Yeah. And, and the, the episode I saw, uh, the guy who has a daughter, him and his... Uh, uh, so... Uh, one of the surf gang guys mm-hmm. uh, and a family. It's kind of vaguely based on that, you know, the bra boys sort yeah. of idea. So yeah. there's some sort of tough surf family that had yeah. a lot of issues in town and that sort of thing. And what I'm trying to be a good guy now, but, yeah. you know, still got a dark Heart past. Heart of gold. Right? Yeah. He's Loves made his, some mistakes. He's made some mistakes. Yeah. Loves his daughter, though. No, of course he does. Loves his daughter. He's a family man. He's a fa- Well, no. He's no. split up with his missus. Oh, and he keeps getting in trouble with the cops. Oh, despite like, his best efforts. Despite his best efforts. And he's just trying to look after his daughter. Right. He, he just and, wants to be with his daughter. And I'm just trying to be with my daughter. I was late. I'm right. sorry I had to steal the car. Exactly. That kind of stuff. <laughs> exactly. Because it's PG. You can right. steal a car. It's yeah. not like I was trying to be with my daughter, but yeah, I had to go and score smack. Right. They don't do that. <laughs> no. But actually, I don't think that would... That doesn't wash with surfers anyway, I don't think. Smack? Yeah, I don't think so. Do you reckon? You don't want to nod off mid-wave. Nah. Like, it's not a surfy... Nah, it's not. I mean, surfers... Here's the it's thing not, about... You don't go on and get on the junk and just right. go out and swim. For... <laughs> it's not quite right, is it? <laughs> For everything about surfers... The I'm one... going to shoot up in the dunes. They get up doesn't sound early like... in the morning. Yeah. And here's the thing that I know about junkies. Yeah. Is they're not early risers. Yeah, they like to sleep in, you, you average junkie. Yeah. And often you have to score really far inland too. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I got no idea about it. It's a whole world I don't know about. You know why? Because Home and Away don't show it. Yeah. If only they'd show it, I'd, I'd know more. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, this guy, um, he's decided to go to counselling so that he can prove to his uh, ex-wife that mm. you know he's making an effort, and so he can spend more time with his daughter. That's yeah. the plot line. Yeah. But Tom, he doesn't like to talk about his feelings. <laughs> there was too many counsellors in the boys' home. <laughs> I'm starting to worry we're talking about this episode longer than the episode was And it was a double episode <laughs> So was Charlie in it? Oh, well, this is the whole point oh, yeah, yeah. I watched it for like 45 minutes until I finally saw some fucking Charlie Yeah, I was starting to despair that 
it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But then the good news was when Charlie came in, yeah. he had a showdown with the tough guy oh, about oh, his feelings. Yeah. So Charlie was able to come out and That's give this good. guy a little bit of, you know, Excellent. what for? Give yeah. him a little bit of yeah. old man advice. <laughs> it was worth it. It came home strong. <laughs> old man advice. Charlie yeah. would be offended by that. Well, no, no, no. His, his character in the show, because oh. everyone in Home and Away is oh, either so young. They're like teenagers. They're young or adults. Yeah, that's all there is. Yes, you know, you're not in that. So Charlie's in the adult world. He's oh. a guy with a job who hangs out with the adults. Yeah, and then there's all the young people. I see. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. There's a whole middle secret life of yeah. us brigade. They're elsewhere. Yeah, no one. They're knows. in St Kilda still. Exactly. On repeats. Yeah, well, they've just, I mean, you know, you fuck off out of the bay for a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You Why are you going to live your entire life then in Then you come bay? back because you want to raise your kids. Yeah. <laughs> or your career didn't work out how you thought it might. There's <laughs> quite, quite a lot of that. I've got to start watching this show. Right. You uh, know what I've been doing? I've been wasting my time watching the ABC News. Right. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Being all informed and shit. I um, uh, was doing the project uh, the other night and uh, it, it was my Nana's 90th birthday that week. Yeah. And the project, uh, they actually said to me, they said, we saw you, uh, you know, gave a shout out to your Nana on Twitter for her 90th birthday. Is she on Twitter? And I was like, no, no, she's not on Twitter. I was just, you know. Yeah. They said, well, give her a shout out right here now on national TV. And the words came out of my mouth before, like I'd heard, like I'd really thought them through. You know, that yeah. sort of moment where, like I said, um, happy birthday, Nan, who's currently watching whatever's on the ABC right now. <laughs> My Nan has never watched the project. Yeah. I might as well give her a shout-out from the Witness Relocation Project. <laughs> That's, fair. That's fair enough. Um, so, uh, uh, But you never know. She might get online and watch a repeat or something on 10.com.au. That would uh, involve her having a computer, yeah. it being connected to the internet. Yeah. And, and also it's risky because you know about 10.com, don't you? No. What? No. What? Have you not looked up 10.com? No. It's very different to 10.com.au. Well, I'm going to do it right now and see. Well, I'm just saying, okay, okay. if you're listening to this show and you're By offended accident. easily, don't do, don't do it on purpose. If you're listening to this show and you're offended easily, you've made a serious <laughs> mistake by tuning in. No, uh, it is. I, I got told by someone one day. Oh, oh no, hang on. It's, it's obviously so bad that this... Oh. The computer in this hotel won't look it up. Oh, okay. Because I've put ten dot com in, and it's just gone. Oh no, error exception. What? What is? What do you think should be there? I don't know. I think it's pornography. Ah, probably. Yeah. But most, anyway, it's just most things are yeah. on the internet. <laughs> I know it's not that remarkable, is it? Right. But I mean, ten. Yeah, ten out of ten. I suppose you could. Yeah, could you could sort of imagine it being that. Mm. But I mean, it's a shock. You know, you want to catch up on neighbours. You go to ten dot com. You go, gee. These actors, I didn't realise how quickly they had to move into other areas. <laughs> Sadly, the, the worst thing is that it probably rates a lot better than Channel 10 does at the moment. So. <laughs> I have such mixed feelings about 10. Poor old 10. Most of the good work I've done is on 10, but they just seem so lost at the moment. I watched The Biggest Loser on 10. I think an ad for Biggest Loser featured a woman sitting on her own eating a complete tub of ice cream. Yes. Did you see that? Yes. it was. That's exploitative, right? There's right. no other way. But they're like trying to show how their life used to be. But I mean, you know, that was like, that was, yeah, that was like food porn. It was, it was hidden camera. Yeah, hidden camera. Now, obviously, I mean, I don't think they went around to these people's houses and just put in hidden cameras. No, they would have just said, can you eat this tub of ice cream? We're going to put a camera there, please. (laughs) And and, and And it would have been been a broadcast quality HD camera and they would have had to make it look like security footage in the end. That's right. There's no doubt about that. Like, there's no doubt. And that's only the one she ate on camera. She probably had to eat one beforehand for lunch and after for dinner. (laughs) 
<laughs> so probably. But that's what happened. It was breakfast. Because uh, sometimes I'm funny on TV. Right. And then I can be funny in the green room in and the, I can be funny after. I'm just saying. If, sometimes you're if eating a lot of food cream. is your thing. Right. And you're doing that. Right. <laughs> you want to do one beforehand just to make sure you can get through it all on TV. you got to rehearse. Right. They've got to set up the cameras. Yeah. They've got to get the lighting right. <laughs> Yeah, can we now do that again from different angles? <laughs> yeah, that was all very good. Um, yeah, could you this time start on the chocolate, work yeah. with the strawberry? We've got Look, to get it the other way around. Uh, we loved it, but if you could put some topping on top of it, because that's what she that did. Was, I know, that was <coughs> that was pretty special. Ate an entire tub of ice cream for breakfast mm. with topping. And they but also, that ad was it, that was pure exploitation. Right. And in the show, it's pure exploitation. Yeah. So much of it is pure exploitation, and it's horrible. Mm. And you kind of... And the trainers are... Like, if I had to choose between being one of the overweight people on the show and being one of those trainers, I'd be the overweight person any day of the week. Yeah, you always look like an arsehole as a trainer, don't you? They're terrible people. Yeah. They're and ter- also, they've got, in general, too, and this is part that irks me. I, I reckon, I don't know, I reckon if you're a regular viewer, you probably wouldn't think about it, but this is something that always gets me, is that obviously the people that are training and going and they're going through, like, the exercise is really difficult or whatever, they don't have makeup on. Right. Now... I tend to not do TV. If I did TV without makeup on, like you might think that I don't even wear makeup. The, the frightening thing is I do wear makeup and I still come up how I look. Yeah. If I don't have makeup on, I look hungover, even yeah. if I haven't had a drink for two or weeks. In, or invisible. I look, Or I look invisible. <laughs> yeah. And like I've got, like seriously, I look like I'm pupils and a white face. And that's yeah. all you can see. The trainers have got full professional TV makeup and they're making these overweight people run around beetroot red, sweating and whatever. And it's just... I'd have a problem looking that attractive while someone else is going through such misery. Well, this is one of the things I hate about the trainers. They don't have a problem with that at all. <laughs> the other night, on the first night, they made them all jump off a cliff. This was their thing. They had to face their fears. Yeah. So basically, it was just like a bunch of, you know, overweight people on their first day of being in this thing, jumping off a cliff into like this water, right? Well, they people- should say, you have to face your fears. You have to do this throw without makeup on and without a producer telling you what to say. What the trainers did uh, at the end was they stripped off their beautiful bodies and jumped off the cliff as well. And I was yeah. like... Did yeah, it go into slow motion? <laughs> the water just... And they're all like splashing water on each other. Ah, ah. They come out of the water, oh. just spit water out of their mouth. <laughs> yeah. I've watched that bit. It's, um, it was really interesting the other night. Um, so they were all you know, talking about uh, you know, how they wanted to change their lives and how being overweight made them feel. Mm. And one of the guys had the nerve... The nerve... To stand up there and go, you know what? I'm clearly overweight and I need to do something about this. But I've, most of the time I feel pretty good about myself. I think I'm a, you know, a good person and I don't really feel like it affects my yeah. you know, life too much. I'm, I've got a happy mm. outlook and I'm... And the look of disbelief on the trainer's faces. <laughs> like, it was literally like, uh. you, could, you couldn't be happy. There's no way you can be happy. Mm. And it was, it was, it's, it's a terrible show and I watch it all the time. I'm not really sure why. Getting back to the trainers, yeah. I kind of, I must admit when I, in general, I have this thing where when I see people who look really good, whatever that means, say they're really fit yeah. or, or maybe a woman who's really attractive or whatever, to be honest, I usually see the effort and I find that a little bit of a turnoff. Right. I imagine the behind the scenes. I can't help myself. It's like I'll see someone like, when I see a guy, especially if a guy's really like pumped up or whatever, and I know that that's supposedly he's supposedly a hunk, right? And suppo- all I imagine is them on their own in the gym for three hours a day, and that makes me think they're a boring person. Right? Stop trying so hard. Yeah, yeah. It's too. Yeah, the effort is a turnoff. Right. Or like you know, if you might see a woman who's like 
really particularly dressed up and has amazing hair, immaculate makeup and like perfect manicure and whatever. And you go, that would take a long time. And I just I just imagine the frustration of never being able to leave the house. Right, you it want takes to go two hours to get ready and... I like people who look a little bit ready. They're just like, I don't know, stepped out a bit. Ready to go. Yeah, <laughs> just out. <laughs> just, I know, I know exactly what yeah. you mean. I mean, I look at you know, those, again, and this is what I mean about, like, I'd, I, I, I hate to be those trainers. I don't aspire to be yeah. that. They're so, like, I, I hate the idea that I would have to look at food and I'd yes. see calories or yeah. I'd see, like, you know, what that, I just like to look at food and go, mm, yum, food, right? <laughs> I want to be able yeah. to go out and have beers without someone going, that's six steaks, you've just... Shut up. Yeah, just let yeah. me drink my beer. Stop being such yeah. a horrible... And it also... I see an obsessive too. Right. Like I see someone who's obsessive, you know, I just think when I see someone who looks that good, it's like you, you're obsessed. Right. You know? And also the other thing is you look like great while you're 35. Guess what? Yeah. When you're 45, you're going to look 90. <laughs> Like, because you don't have any fat and you're just so tanned and, yeah. oh, it's horrible. Yeah, I was, there's, there's, um, where I used to, I, uh, when I was in Adelaide, I'd go to the park every day to walk the we're dog. Gonna, we're going to do another show where we take people who are too obsessed yeah. with being fit. That and we'll go good. the other way around. Yeah. Right. The most average. Yeah. <laughs> they got to get the most average or whatever. We take, that'd be good actually. Or, or the show could just be called A Happy Medium. Yeah. And so you oh. take people who are overweight and just yep. make them look reasonable. And then you take pe- people who are gym obsessed and you get rid of their tone because they're just too... It's kind of meet them in the middle. They're too cut. Right. Yeah, it's like you just need to get... I don't know, you just need to be a little bit softer. Right. And that that would be good. Imagine seeing people who are really fit breaking down going, oh, yeah. <laughs> Every time I walk into a party, everyone's looking at me and I can't... They're just envying me too much. <laughs> I, just, I just wish... I want to be a wallflower. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm down at the beach... I'd like to keep my shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to keep it on. This is, they must be it. But I do reckon that there would be an anxiety that goes with looking that good. I do think that, you know, um, you know, I think you'd get a lot of bitchy looks from men and women. I don't think this is not a gender thing. I think that like, you know, the, you see someone that looks that good. It's sort of, I don't know. You, 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 I, I don't warm to someone like that. I don't see someone like that and go, oh, we've got a lot in common. I feel like they're doing they're doing something that's unattainable. Right, and it also you feel like one of those houses where you're not allowed to touch anything. Yes, you know, <laughs> so much has gone into the effort. I can't wear my yeah. Yeah, oh, you got to you got to take your shoes off at the door. <laughs> All the couches are still covered yeah. in plastic. <laughs> so. Yeah, shake their hand. You're worried you're going to damage something. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so true. They're like a good room. All right. <laughs> <laughs> they're covered in plastic so that they don't bring any stains on them. And they really do look like they're covered in plastic. Yeah, they do. You really do look like you could... Some of these people, you look like you could just wipe them down. Yeah, they've got a sheen to them, don't they? I uh, caught a plane to LA and I sat next to uh, Michelle Bridges, who's the female trainer from... I've met Michelle too. And this is the, the thing, loser. flies against everything I say. Yeah. I, I really like her. She oh, seems no, she, nice. She seemed nice enough. But she must also have that thing because I certainly... Mm. She had it when I was sitting next to her on the plane. Of people just staring at her at all times yeah. to see what she's eating. Yes. Like when the food came out on the plane, I, I looked to see if she had a dessert. I looked to see if what she was eating. Was she mm. drinking on the plane? Because if you're on a show like that, yeah. you're then constantly... Was she drinking? Uh, I think she might have actually Yeah, because I asked her about that yeah. when I was having a chat to her once and I said... um. I don't know. It's my own obsession, I guess. I was saying, what do you do? Like, obviously, do you drink? She's like, yes. And I said, well, what, wh- how does it work? She just basically said, you go hard, you train hard. So her thing is she will have a big night out yeah. doing whatever she wants to do. I don't know what a big night for her is. It could be five drinks. 
could be 50. I don't know, but she basically works, does a hangover, she runs a hangover out, which is pretty hardcore, but I was thinking, I don't know, it's probably no more hardcore than what I do. Which is right. what, take two days? <laughs> to, to take two days. Sleep it out. Drill through too much food and <laughs> start drinking again to try to smooth it off and accidentally have it spill over into the next day. <laughs> right, go hard, go hard. Right. Just... <laughs> just don't... Go, I go hard, go hard. She's yeah. like, go hard, train hard. And I'm right. like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's another choice. <laughs> <laughs> do you um, exercise? Are you a gym person? What do you do? I have a real problem with exercise because I just don't like... It. I hate the idea that you spend money on it, you know, because it seems like something... I don't know. I hate the idea that you it need... It, it's embarrassing, I feel, as a human to have to exercise. Like when you right. when, when you think of times gone by and you didn't have to. Like we weren't meant to. We're yes. eating ourselves to death. We're yes. all overweight. Sixty yes. percent of Australians are obese. Technically, yes. These were things that didn't happen when we had to hunt and gather. Yeah, you know, <laughs> when we had to work outside. It's an embarrassing right. uh, modern problem. Yeah. So I struggle with it mentally. So the way my, my usual way of approaching it is, I'm fairly good at eating in moderation. I don't team. I don't. I kind of have a fairly practical attitude to food just anyway. And um, and I sort of love incidental exercise. So I always like, if I can walk somewhere, I'll always walk somewhere. If it's 15 minutes away, I'll always walk. I'll rarely get a cab to go five blocks unless it's just, uh, you know, I'm in a rush or something. I'll always take stairs. I'll always do that. So I just, I just kind of try to get it in my everyday life. But I have a feeling it doesn't add up to much. But that's kind of what I try to do. And I swim as well. But even that, to be fair, I, I was sort of I started doing laps. That was only because I had a sore back and I saw a physiotherapist and I said, um, "Oh, my back hurts. How should I fix it?" And he looked at my back and he said, "Well, the problem is, uh, Tom, is that the muscles in your back have withered away due to complete lack of exercise. <laughs> so basically, you don't have any muscles that hold you up anymore. So if you could just work on that." I recommend swimming. It's quite easy. You can just do 800 meters and that would be enough. So I started swimming just so that I am able to hold myself up. <laughs> and my, I have no more back problems. And it was it was as simple as that. I just needed a right. tiny bit of exercise and now my back is fine. So I'm motivated by avoiding pain. Right. And being able to stand up. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I mean, I do thicken up, you know, like everyone, you know, everyone has their own anxieties about it, but... I've noticed a pattern that's pretty much emerged in the last, I don't know, my adult life over 30. I'm 38 now. Basically, I thicken up in winter and I thin, I get thinner in summer. So I've kind of just given in to the seasons. I get up to around 95 kilograms in winter and I seem to get down to around 90 in summer. And I just go, oh, well, that's just the way that it is. But, you know, I met my wife a very long time ago and maybe I just don't have the same anxieties that other people do in trying to look good. I just, every now and then I see myself on TV and I look a bit fat and I get the shits and that. That's pretty much all I'm motivated by. If I see a double chin on a YouTube clip, I'm like, oh, oh God. Right. I should do something about that. And then but I do a little bit of something, but not much. Most of the time, you you, you just look at your wife. You, you realize that you've had a child together. You're like, she seems locked into this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can have that extra bit of cake. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> she it's feels fine. She yeah. feels like she's already made her bad decisions. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I'm not really like, you know, I've. it's also how you define yourself, isn't it? Like... I've got red hair, so I've never, ever been defined by my appearance. Right. Like, no one's ever hung out with me because they thought I looked good. That's just never happened ever <laughs> since I was born. <laughs> That's just true. Ever no one ever said, hey, let's hang out with him because he looks good. It's never happened. That's fine. And um, and I've lost my hair. I've gone bald. So, right. like, no one ever goes, oh, wow, he's, oh, look at him. Jeez, he's just, oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> 
that's not my thing. People don't people right. don't come to me because they find me attractive. So I kind of, in a weird way, I just kind of figure, I don't know, I look like a regular guy. Maybe that's a good thing for a comedian. Well, it certainly has uh, the advantage of that, you know, if at some stage, I mean, because I always think about like someone like, you know, a Russell Brand or whatever, who's also a very funny guy, yes. but he's he's definitely got like a, you know, a proper long-haired rock star, I'm a cool guy in, you know, skinny pants look. Yeah. And you always wonder, does he have to be like that forever? And does eventually, does he turn in, like, what does he become? Yeah. Does he become, you know, Johnny Depp in those pirate movies or like... Yeah. Well, you kind of sound like you're describing yourself a bit, don't you? Do you, you describe? Don't you reckon? I don't know. Well, you get described as a rock star in like press and stuff like that. You wear know, skinny jeans. I think normally when they say that, they're you're taking the You're king of piss. the kids. <laughs> Oh, Triple J and all that. I'm serious. Oh, that was a long time ago, though. There was kids in my show in Adelaide who are 15. Does this... You must get young people in your show as well. And I was saying to them, it was so weird to me to have 15-year-old kids Mm. in the front row of my show because I started going to the Adelaide Fringe 17 years ago. Yeah. So those kids were not even born. Like, weren't even thought of when... And the kids were like, yeah, 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 my mum's your age. And I'm like, wow. Like, what am I talking to you guys about? (laughs) Like... Yeah, I know, it is. It's weird when those young people turn up. But I feel a bit like, with my appearance, I feel like I've grown into my comedy. Right. Like, I reckon, I reckon stand-up-wise, I reckon I've kind of been like I am now. There's been an element that's been like that all along. Mm-hmm. The problem is my outlook doesn't suit a 22-year-old man. Right. And yeah, when I, I was 22, even... sometimes I'd be telling audiences that they were stupid. Yeah. <laughs> what would you know? And I'm being really offhand. Right. And those experiments wouldn't work because no. the audience would be like, what, what the do fuck you know? You, what do you know? You're, You're 22. 22. Yeah. But I've sort of grown into it. It works a little bit better now that I, I've i grown into my... <laughs> I've been 38 for a very long time. It's right. just I finally look like it. It definitely has an impact. But that's what I've always liked about stand-up. I always think... I've always thought it's an old man's game. And I live by that because I just think that, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of... It seems like the older you get, the funnier you get. So I'm pretty happy with that. It'll run out eventually, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think, like, I mean, it's funny in Australia, I think, that, because I think in America, it's We pretty... talked about this last time. Yeah, I'm, we... worried... <laughs> yeah. I'm worried that at the end, I think that at the end we started talking about our luck running out. <laughs> <laughs> and we're doing it again, right. and everyone's going to listen, oh, God. They, no, they, no, they just have a lovely chat, and then at the end they get introspective, Yeah, and I want to kill myself. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they'll, they'll joke early on, they're having to riff on the biggest loser, and then by the end they're like... <laughs> What am will I we, doing? When's our luck going to run out? Will we be okay, Tom? <laughs> Tell me we'll be okay. Please justify it. Yeah, let's let's shake hands and agree that if whoever's still going, we'll let the other one support. Yeah, we'll just... <laughs> we can still do the podcast, right? <laughs> we can still do this, can't we? <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those, look, if neither of us are married by the time we're 40. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah if, if Except that that's next year. Right. <laughs> Well, far away. There's got to be an equivalent, and you're already married. That was that was a different example. That's something that young people would say. Yeah, but it's. (laughs) (laughs) But there is that sort of. I don't know. It always Mm. comes back to that. Maybe that's a. I see at my age or our age, there's a lot of our friends, whether they be Mm -hmm. in our industry or in other industries, who are going through. You know, I mean, I think the midlife crisis idea, even if it's not a crisis, even if it's just a perspective, there are a lot of people who tend to get a little bit introspective. Because I think because at our age, if you lived a normal, healthy life for an Australian, we are about, well, about halfway halfway. through, past halfway through. So you're literally looking at that sort of thing of going, well, 
it is downhill. And I certainly, I mean, I talk about a lot, about this a lot in my show about my health issues and stuff. Yes. And it just seems that like, not only do I get a new health issue every year, but the one that I had last year doesn't go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so suddenly you're like, wow. Like, yeah. I, I'm not sure I'd get a robe worthy. No, I know. Yeah. If I had to go back and like... <laughs> <laughs> like I had, it's not nearly as uh, serious as your problem, but I had a cracked tooth. Right. And I thought, oh, cool. I went to the dentist. I said, oh, I didn't know it was cracked. It was just yeah. hurting. And I thought he'll fix it. And he said, you got a cracked tooth. And I thought, well, that'd be good. He'll glue it back together. Yeah. And he was like, uh, well, you can't. So he said, I've, I've filled it in as best I can. And what's going to happen is just one day it's going to break and uh, we'll take it out. And we'll just have to put in a titanium peg. And that was just, again, one of those things. It's like, oh, okay, well, oh, all right. Uh, oh, well, that's that then, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I suppose. We can't fix it. It's not like, we can't, we can't, you know, get this car back to its original roadworthy. It's never going to be as good no, as it was. No. But that's fine. I mean, I, you know what I feel? It's, um, I don't know how founded it is or whether it's a good thought, but I do, I had been feeling a lot like life was running out. Like it fit, like it starts to, you know, you can measure it a mm-hmm. little bit. Like you said, you passed halfway and you're aware that it's, it's going to end eventually and yep. you go, you know, what are you doing with yourself? But I feel like once I had a child, I felt like I was off the hook. I don't know why. It was a big relief for me. Yeah. But I, is it because you're starting? I mean, this is the thing that I think about quite a lot mm-hmm. because I probably am not going to have a child. Who knows? You you're, know? Not, you're not 100%. But, but I'm so, yeah. I was a bit like you actually because I was, before I had a child, you know, we were, um, my wife and I were open to having a child but it hadn't happened straight away and we were just starting to get to where you'd think, will we get fit? Will we actually do some more fertility and tests and stuff like Which that? Which is a whole different commitment. Yeah, we didn't have to do that, but yeah. we were starting to think, well, maybe maybe it is too late and maybe we just end up won't having a kid. So yeah. I do know where you're at. So I kind of, uh, but there's another part of me that more and more these days thinks that, oh, man, like what if I don't have a kid? What will I become? Because for yes. the very same thing that you're talking about is, you start almost getting too involved in your own life. Yes. Like, I'm not sure it's necessarily healthy to be only ever thinking about me, and which is basically what my life is. Yes. Like, you know, my job is almost entirely about me. Mm. You know, in fact, you know, other people are employed to kind of make sure that I can talk about me as much as I want to talk about me. And I'm thinking about pro- me. When you're a comedian, you work very, very hard at not using your name in the third person. Right. <laughs> And even then, it's only so you can take the piss out of sports people who do it. Right. <laughs> I mean, for fuck's sake, my shows all have my name in the title. Yeah, yeah Like, exactly. I mean, it's a very egocentric thing to be doing. Yeah. And you're constantly kind of examining yourself and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And I do wonder if there is that sort of thing of like, it's nice, you know, when you say about it's nice to have a child, it's because you kind of go, right, I'm actually not the most important person, at least 100% of the time anymore. It does feel like a very... I mean, I don't think it's 100% like that because I think that sometimes I refuse to think about a child in terms of my career, you know, like like that it somehow makes me step outside myself or people say it makes you a better comedian, all mm. that kind of thing. It's a little bit cheap, I feel, to say that in some respects. And I feel like having a child is actually just part of life. It's not like, it's not life changing. It's just part of life. It's just in it. But I do definitely feel like it's, um, yeah, it's certainly a correction. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean. Yeah. And there is a part of me that always thinks, I mean, I there's just part of me that kind of wishes mm. that I'd done it before I knew stuff. Yes. Like there's part of me that wishes yeah. I'd, you know, had a kid when I was really young. I feel the same. I envy friends of mine. I, uh, my best, One of my best friends from high school, two of my best friends from high school, yeah, have kids that are over 10 now. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I kind of feel like, yeah, that, that would have been a good time, late 20s, to have a child. Right. Oh, I've got a friend uh, from high school who uh, who's kids at uni now. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm like, wow. <laughs> like, your kid's at uni. Yeah. Like, you've done all that stuff. And you're my age and you're done. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And your hips are still fine. <laughs> you can go and do stuff. <laughs> I have a fear I couldn't even pick up the baby. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else is like, oh, your dad's great. Yeah. And yeah. your dad's the guy in the walker? Yeah. Right. That's him. Right. Yeah. But I feel like also this, even this sort of slightly philosophical chat is the luxury of you know, all the choices that we have in the first world, you mm-hmm. actually, you can actually choose right. this idea that you get to choose when to have a child. And right. That, you know, these are all privileges. And I do, I often do sort of long for a time when the, these things just happened, you know, 200 years ago, whatever, where you just had a child and you didn't really think about it. I kind of, I almost romanticize those times because yeah. I feel like they were simpler or something. You had a child, four out of five of them died <laughs> of some disease we've now cured. <laughs> Romantic times. <laughs> time yes it was uh, you know the times when we hedged our bets for children <laughs> yeah. well uh, Tom Gleason, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you again on uh, Fofop Can, uh, let's plug your shows because you're about to go to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival sure I bet. yeah you I'm can a, buy tickets to those right? yeah you can still buy tickets I'm going to the Melbourne Comedy Festival um, I'm there in the supper room 9.45 pretty much well every night of the festival and uh, after that, I'm going to the New Zealand Comedy yes. Festival. I know you've got people who listen over there. Yes. And, uh, and I'll be in Perth after that. Oh, fantastic. So go and check, check out uh, Tom. The show is called Hello Bitches. Hello Bitches. Go to tomgleason.com.au. That's the easiest place to go. It's a, um, it's a great poster. It's, it's one of my favourite posters <laughs> going around because it's very simple, but yeah. it's just the look on your face. Is <laughs> Did you know like kind of what you wanted to do with the poster or did you just do a photo shoot and then that look came out and you went, that's the poster shot? Uh, well, with um, if people haven't seen the poster, I'm basically snarling. Yeah. Um, well, I'll put it on the uh, uh, the Facebook page when okay. this comes out, yeah. so people can have a look. The um, it's essentially over the years, it makes people laugh because if you look at my posters next to each other, yep. you see a happy person slowly becoming annoyed, <laughs> <laughs> and it does look funny. And it's it's not, it is a fair assessment of my life. Right, it's like. But to me, it's just funny because, you know, it, you know, it, certainly about five years ago, everyone's comedy posters, everyone looked like they were happy and wanted to be your right. best mate. So I just started to think, wouldn't it be funny mm. if, if you looked like you didn't want the audience to turn up? It would just look funny. So, um, But there's a poster in an attic somewhere with the, where the person's really happy still. You're yes. just their real life getting grumpier every <laughs> year. So I've got like... Um, so this, this one, when I did the photo shoot for the poster, it was the, like the third photo. Yeah. And I, we were actually, prob- I think we we're still testing the light. And so, and um, James Penletus, who takes photos for me every year and does a great job, he um, he looked at it with um, uh, Claire, who, who works with me as well. They were both looking at the shot that they'd taken. They started laughing and I said, perfect, that's it. And they laughed even more like, oh, I don't think we can use that. But I'm like, but you found it funny. Yeah, They're like, right. yeah, but they were just sort of a little bit, no, but I don't know, because it just didn't, went against what they thought because I, I looked mean and rude and why would you do that? So we did shoot photos for a whole other hour yep. and there were some great shots, you know, where I looked pleasant and happy and welcoming and yep. whatever and, and they were probably more flattering to me too, you know, the, just the maybe the lighting and whatnot. But but that one I just said, I don't know, it made you laugh, so yeah. just let's run with that. I love the idea that the photo shoot could have gone for three minutes. Well, here's an interesting tiny piece of trivia, maybe. I think all my previous five posters that I've used, I think all photos were like within the first five shots. 
And I've told James that every year. I say, I know, let's finish. And he's right. like, and he says that I think my photo shoots do take about half an hour. I just like, I just get, and I'm like, I'm like well, that's it. Yeah. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. and he goes, well, we'll do some more for safety. Yeah. And, but every single time, I think it's been one of the first shots I've taken. <laughs> he goes, we'll do some more for safety. And they've booked me for an hour yeah. and I need to get paid. <laughs> we cannot do five shots. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, I've also got comedy festival shows. Um, my show, uh, Goodwill, is on at the Princess Theatre, uh, which is uh, haunted, um, apparently. Oh. Yeah, it's haunted. Do you believe in that sort of thing? Uh, no. No, I mean, I would believe but... that it could be haunted by someone else's show that didn't sell tickets. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> haunted by failed careers of musical promoters. <laughs> It is a weird place. I remember the first time I ever went to the Princess Theatre, I saw Hugh Jackman in uh, Beauty and the Beast. As a, like I was about 15 uh-huh. or 16, and my mum and I went up and saw it at the Princess Theatre. So it's kind of fun to... I think they're doing King Kong the musical there after I finish. So. Yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> but uh, it, um, th- there's a story about... Um, it was back maybe in the 1890s or something, and a guy was doing, um, I think, Faust... And he was being lowered into like hell at the end of the show and he had a heart attack and died as they were lowering him in. But because it was the end of the show, they thought they wouldn't tell the rest of the cast before the curtain call. You know, you don't want to tell them that the lead actors died. Mm. So as soon as they've done the curtain call, they've gathered everyone around and said, hey, um, uh, you know, uh, the lead actor died in the, the last bit of the show. And everyone at once is just like, what are you talking about? Mm. He was out there doing the curtain call with us. Right, yeah. so it, so yeah, this has become like the legend it. of the theatre. Yes, and they leave a seat open uh, every night for the ghost. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's ah. it's kind of part of the mythology of the place. So I feel like I've seen that seat because I did the gala up there a couple of years ago, and I looked down and thought someone hadn't turned up. Right? That no, was that was the ghost. <laughs> I thought bloody comp tickets. People get a ticket for free; they just don't show. <laughs> You're like fucking red sign. Maybe it was the ghost, <laughs> and the ghost didn't show. He got a comp, and he's like, oh fuck it. I've been to the gala too many times. It runs long. <laughs> too many acts. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be the biggest uh, season I've ever done in Melbourne. So if you've ever thought about coming and seeing me, um, this would be a really good year to do that. That must be exciting for you, though, because like, I, I just said that, you know, like the gala has been filmed there. It's one of those big, big theatres. Like yeah. for most acts like me, you know, you, 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 you might be lucky enough to do the gala or the opening night. Right. And you do three minutes. And then when you do your regular show, you're in a smaller theatre. My theatre's a lot smaller. Smaller than the gala theatre, but you're doing your regular theatre. I'm doing a month in the theatre that the gala's in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, it's terrifying, really, to be honest. Yeah, it's um, I. It was like one of those things where I I, I don't. Yeah. Right. You know. I know what you're saying because it's like you know that's (laughs) you know what I'm not saying is what you mean. (laughs) I didn't say anything. I I know what you're saying. Really. Did you also what, know what that girl Nell was saying in that movie when she came out of the forest? Because I'm all knowing. Blah, blah, blah. What am I saying? <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, it's like it's... What can I say? It's like it's such a big venue. Right. I'm saying that, like, selling out is a major achievement. Right. Because it's a lot of tickets, you know. That's a lot of people to come along. But at the, at the same time, what you're trying to say to people listening to this podcast is if you're sitting at home thinking, oh, he'll be sold out. Don't be thinking that. No. I'd check because you might be able to go on the day because you're in a much bigger theatre than last year. I think probably any night you'll be able to come on the day, apart from maybe Friday, Saturdays, like on yes. some of the weekends. But also because it's the biggest thing we've ever done, it's the first time I've ever got like a set. Well, it's oh, not much I of a see. set, but there's like a backdrop. Oh, and I we've, see. Yeah, we've yeah, gone yeah. to the effort of actually, yeah, yeah. you know, doing something with it. And it's a really beautiful theatre. Yeah. It's, I mean, 
it got to that point when they asked, they, you know, my management asked, do you want to do it? And it's by far the biggest thing that yes. I've ever done, you know. This, yeah. So I think there's 35,000 tickets available over the festival, you yeah. know, which is a... That's a lot of... I yeah. mean, you know, yeah, that's more than the Foo Fighters sold. So. Well, let's, <laughs> well, let's cut through this because quite often people can't cut through the bullshit of what right. it means with like ticket sales. So yeah. the, the deal with your show is... Uh, you're in a much bigger theatre, yep. and if anyone ever thinks they can get a ticket, they probably can. Yes. So if you're thinking of getting one, get one. With get my one. show, I'm in a smaller mm-hmm. theatre, because uh, most people just like to say, oh, yeah, it's sold out, it's too busy, I've just released two tickets, and get it. but they're all trying to be sneaky because yeah. they're trying to sound popular. With my show, the probably very accurate assessment is on Friday and Saturday and maybe Sunday, you probably won't be able to get a ticket after yep. about five in the afternoon. <laughs> but I reckon on Wednesday and Thursday will probably be easy to get one right up until the time the show starts. Tuesday, maybe not. Monday will be difficult again because there's not many shows on Monday. But I'll look popular, but there'll be no one on. It'll just be me for other people. And uh, that's about where I'm I at. love the idea of giving away the secrets. Okay, here's some more secrets then. Tuesdays are cheaper. Uh, if you want to come out. Tuesdays are cheaper. Tuesdays are much cheaper. But Man. my show, any days but uh, Friday and Saturday are cheaper. It's a premium on Friday and Saturday nights. Yes. For no reason other than they're Friday and Saturday nights. Yes. The show is not $10 better on Friday and Saturday nights. <laughs> it's yeah. just that more people want to go on a Friday and Saturday night. That's right. Uh, I'm doing an early show on a Sunday because people like to come up from the country. So if you don't like to stay up late at night, I think I'm doing a five o'clock on a oh, Sunday. You're doing a matinee. I'm doing a matinee. Oh, that could be. Oh, good. I'm in a proper theatre, you know. You can I do a matinee. You should, I think you should not swear during the matinee. During the matinee, <laughs> show will be 45 minutes on Sunday. <laughs> um, uh, the first Tuesday is my opening night, so that'll be my media night. You uh, know, uh, the, what, you know, the yes. first official Tuesday of the festival. Yes. Uh, and I, because I'm in a big venue and they want to do a proper media night, if you want to come and sit next to someone who might be a celebrity uh, or mostly people who play for the Western Bulldogs Football Club, <laughs> then come yeah. that night. It's yeah. cheap and it'll be. I'll be trying my best <laughs> that night, definitely. Trying to impress. <laughs> really trying to yeah. impress that night. But will you? Because maybe you'll just do the kind of show that you think will get a good review, which may not be a good show. Right. <laughs> I don't I don't have two versions of the show. Okay. The show is just the show. <laughs> the show for the critics. I might not go as hard on. I do have quite a, a chunk in the show at the moment, which is angry about what I think are all the problems with journalism okay. and how bad journalism is. You'll take your foot off the I pedal. I might just take my foot off the pedal on that one that night. So yeah. if you want to see me be really angry about journalism, any night but that night. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you if you turn up and on that show you are reminiscing about how you wish you'd done journalism because it was such a noble profession, right? Yeah, and you feel like your whole life has been ruined because you weren't a journalist. You're like, oh, <laughs> my, be, oh the reviews are in. Yeah, must must have the age in tonight. <laughs> Uh, and uh, if you come one night and I don't do my cats and dogs a different mm, bit, yeah. that means I've got chortling. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm worried that that's all the review will be about, that I do a Cats and Dogs a different bit. This podcast is reminding me of, um, there's a song, my favourite song by the Rolling Stones is Can't You Hear Me Knocking. Right. And people might have heard the song because it's, um, it's on the movie Blow. It's mm-hmm. the opening credits of Blow with Johnny Depp. Anyway, it's got a really good riff and it starts, but the song's about eight minutes long. Oh. And the reason why it's eight minutes long is because they play the song and it finishes where they thought it would finish, but then they just keep jamming, but yep. they didn't know the tape was still running. That's what this podcast yeah, is about. So the jam at the end is yeah. longer than the actual song. Yeah, it's That's a, what this is. I always like to think of it as uh, the final uh, bit of the Lord of the Rings film after the battle scene. You know, <laughs> like. That's the bit where it's over. Yeah. Everything after that is just ah. Or is it the third Matrix film where there's just there's 
basically an old dude in a white room explaining what had happened in the previous three films. Yeah, but in some ways not explaining. Yes. Like, but, yeah. but essentially a very exciting action film being brought down to two people having a chat in a white room. Yeah, oh, that, wouldn't be, that wouldn't have been expensive to shoot. <laughs> oh, that's why they did it. Ah, oh, so, yeah, fair enough. All right, well, I feel like we've petered out and that yeah. was good. Yeah. In fact, I felt like that last bit was... It was nice to be able to tell the truth for once, Tom. Yeah, it was. Because during the festival, you won't see me on no. Twitter or anything telling the truth. Nope. I'll be like, get Hold in, a few more tickets Don't tonight. miss out. Get, yeah, exactly. And we're telling you right here, it's impossible yeah. to miss out. Well, particularly on a Wednesday or a Thursday. On a Wednesday or Thursday, if you missed out, you're a fucking idiot. Right. You won't even miss out on sitting on the floor on a Wednesday or a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can sit in the fucking ghost chair on a fucking Wednesday or a Thursday. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> you won't even have to go up to the next level in my no, theatre. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> While we're telling the truth, to be mm. honest, in most venues, if you just walk around the back and act like you know what's going on, you can probably walk in the stage door and see it for free in the wings. <laughs> You have to pay. If you just, I don't know, if you put a lanyard on, people will think you know somebody. (laughs) That's the real truth. All right, I'll tell you another truth, and this is probably going too far, is I'm quite a sucker for someone who can't go to the show. So quite often someone will um, send me a picture. In fact, it's happened this weekend in Brisbane. And I'm hoping this was true, by the way, but now that I say this on the podcast, I'm going to get a myriad of these that aren't true. Uh, Well, it's a reward for listening to this long. Right, exactly. We put it right at the end. So if you've got through to this far, you need to know a few secrets. So she sent me a picture of the ticket that she couldn't go on Thursday night because something happened on Thursday night, but she had the ticket and she sent me a photo of it. So I gave her a free ticket to Sunday night to make up for the fact that, even though technically it wasn't my fault that she couldn't come. Yeah, you're just trying to be nice. Right. So what I'm saying is, if you took a photo of- You had a lot of spare seats. Yeah. If you took- (laughs) Sunday wasn't sold out, whatever. There were some gaps there. Right. Fuck it. Yeah. She did say, can I come back any other night? I said Sunday. (laughs) Or Wednesday if you fly to Melbourne. Right. Because even if I did have Friday or Saturday, they're premium price tickets. I'm not giving away a yeah. free premium price I'm nice, ticket. I'm not that nice, lady. Right. I'm $35 nice, not $45 nice. That's what I'm saying. You can come on Saturday on a free ticket if you give me 10 bucks cash in an envelope to make up the difference. I feel like there needs to be a priest here to hear our confession at this point. <laughs> Anything else? Are we done? Do you want to get anything else? No, but anyway, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, okay. uh, I yeah, will say so. this. This is another thing. Preview night. Um, when I'm in Adelaide, all the preview oh. nights are genuinely previous because it's Good the start time. of the show. So every single night can be different and there's shit in there that will never be seen again and there's shit in there that won't necessarily be good because yep. it's early on. That's a hot tip, yeah. So right? if you are ever seeing any show, if it has been to a previous city, yeah. the previews preview are night, bullshit. They're just cheaper for no just reason. Just cheap night. So just turn up early, see a great show for yeah. fuck all. So Simple. look look if they've been other places. Yep. And then go on a preview night if they have. Yeah. Because it's the show's already run in. Actually, well let's Adelaide look. and Brisbane were previous. Exactly. <laughs> for that show. So get the Melbourne Comedy Festival right. guide if you're going, yep. open it. If you see that that show is debuting in Melbourne yep. and it's got a preview, wait until week three. Don't go. <laughs> it's a bit don't terrible. Go. It'd be a don't horrible go. Idea. There's lots of shows opening <laughs> yeah. in Melbourne. On the opening weekend in just, it's a waste of money. Yeah, the show on, will be all over the shop. Go and see one that's really great. Wait until that one gets good. See our shows. Right. Cheaper. They're a good show. They're ready to go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and if you Don't listen- see a new act either. Don't see someone who's, it's their first ever festival. Right. And it's, that would be a waste. Terrible idea. <laughs> Let's not support new people. That's a terrible idea. Oh, all right. We've we got, got too finish. far now. This finish. is it. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, you can hit us up on the Facebook page. That's mostly where I look the most uh, for the uh, faux pop stuff. Oh, please, uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, uh, make sure you leave a rating on iTunes and maybe even leave a review because that helps us stay up the top of the... We have this thing, Tom, where we've made it to number two Yes, every episode, but we can't beat Hamish and Andy. And the only way we're going to be able to do it is if people, you know, rate and review the show and if Hamish and Andy die. Yeah, fair enough. So let's hope the second one doesn't happen. Yeah. Let's go with the first one. Yeah, rate the show or kill them. (laughs) 